everyone i am lizzie sparks and my co-host today is megan moret and she's the mmn megan marie marie gosh i can't even say it all say your name say your name megan marie moret you oh, are right yes and it's, it's just twister. such a nice beautiful name and so today we are going to really hit it hard the first thing we're going to do is we are going to honor our sponsors and then right after we honor our sponsors we're going to dig right into some things that some of you guys might have heard about and some of you guys might not have heard about but we're in a real spiritual battle here in america so right after the sponsors we're going to dig right in and this show is going to be jam-packed stay tuned Marco, wait, what? No response? Hi, I'm Curtis Barks with Complete Auto Body and Repair, offering full service and auto repair to St. Louis and St. Charles. We are looking for someone to say polo. That's right. We are hiring. We want you now. If you would like to work in a well-paying environment, then you owe it to yourself to stop by one of our six Complete Auto Body and Repair locations. Will you help me find that missing person? Please call me directly at 636-488-HIRE. That's right. 636-488-4473. Dad and service. Oh, yeah. And service. He's fixing the car. <laughs> Kathy Big Strick, owner of Experience Real Estate Partners with EXP, has been one of St. Louis, Missouri's highest selling groups for 26 years running. In that time, Kathy and her team have successfully assisted an incredible 4,000 families. So if you're thinking about buying, building, or selling, be sure to put Kathy's group and their experience to work for you, and you can expect to be moved. Just give her a call at 314-276-SOLD. That's 314-276-7653. Or find her online at experience-re.com. Attention, anyone who served, lived, or worked at Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1987. Camp Lejeune's drinking water was dangerously toxic, and base personnel and their families have since suffered cancer and other illnesses. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and were diagnosed with cancer, you may be eligible for significant compensation. Call the Driscoll firm now. Consultations are free, and you won't pay a fee unless we get you the money you deserve. 1-800-805-4800. As all of you may know, the home of the Cancel This Studio is located at the all-inclusive private jet hangar, Strategic Air Services. Founded in Chesterfield, Missouri, they take pride in offering a meticulous approach to private aviation through services that fully manage your trip from takeoff to landing. Strategic Air Services is more than just storage for your aircraft. They offer state-of-the-art amenities to its members and guests. When you are not traveling, you have the luxury of enjoying their world-class gym, conference rooms, lounges, and so much more. Strategic Air Services offers an unparalleled luxury experience for all things private aviation. If you're looking for a new place to call home for your aircraft, give them a call today at 636-400-7601. Again, that's 636-400-7601 or visit their website at strategicairservices.net. 
Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, if you don't know, is a family-owned business that has been around since 1994, serving some of the best chicken wings in town, no joke. Also known for their fresh burgers, pizza, and incredible smoked meat. Top-notch happy hour specials are included, plus live music every Friday and Saturday. Oh yeah, you can also enjoy their spacious heated covered patio. It's Winties in the Chesterfield Valley, 18,000 Chesterfield Airport Road. Good morning, fellow Americans, and any of you watching outside of the U.S. of A. We are bringing it hot today. It is Women Power again, and I am Lizzie Sparks, and I am your host. Vic Faust is out today, but he will be back tomorrow. And so send prayers his way. Everything's fine, but he's he's dealing with some things with a loved one, and he will be back tomorrow. And so I am very blessed today. I am with Megan today, Megan Moret, and she is a dynamo of information. I love being with her. Vic loves being with her. She helps fill in, and, and we... I met her when she sent some information. I saw that she was on the chat line. She's Megan Marie on the chat line, and she's always so informative. And today is the perfect day to have her in because we just we just have it hot today. Hot today. How are hot you doing today? Speaking of hot over there, you know I'm good, and I'm 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 fired up. Yeah, me too. I, I, I really am. There's so much to talk about, and the news cycle for a little bit had kind of slowed down. You know, we we knew the war was going on. We knew that there was anti-Semitism, and we knew that you know Obama was technically running the country by using uh you know I call him Biden, but then yesterday. Vic and I were talking about things that we just knew were coming down the pike because we have sources in D.C., in New York, and we have a lot of, you know, political insiders. And we were talking about yesterday about we just teased it a little bit about Pizzagate, which many of our listeners do know about. Mm-hmm. Some do not know about it. And some was like, is, is that the different pizza places you're going to go to? But we were talking about that a little bit and also talking about, I had said to him, my insiders were telling me that the Epstein list was going to come out. I wasn't sure when, and I didn't realize as soon as we left the show, boom, we got told, and then it went right on you know, Fox and other places, that the list is coming out after the first of the year. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. We're also, the crux of our whole show is that we're in a humongous spiritual battle here in America. You know, it's not just right and left and Republican and Democrat and good versus evil and, you know, millennials against the Gen Xers. We're in a true spiritual battle. And a lot of people don't see it that way, but that's that's the truth. People feel that there's other things tugging at us, but it's really a spiritual battle. And we're going to get in that as well. We are going to get into something that came out yesterday is the Colorado Supreme Court is banning Trump off the ballot. We're going to get into that as well. And we're also going to get into something that's near and dear to both of our hearts. And it's twofold. There is a child care center in Germany that is named after Anne Frank, and they're about ready to change that name to something called the World Explorers because they don't want any 
I would say, like any controversy over it, because in Germany, of all places, the anti-Semitism is on the rise in a big, big way. So we're going to get into that. We're going to also get into, you know, basically anti-Semitism. And we're going to couple with all that. We have just two brief video chats today. The Strix normally come on at 8.40 in the studio talking about real estate, but they're in Cabo today. And so at about 8.40, they're going to video chat basically just to say hi and make us jealous about that they're going to be in Cabo. But we're really not going to talk about real estate. You know, they're on vacation. We're not going to keep them long. We just want to say hi for maybe about five minutes. And then at the end of the show, we're going to talk to Ham. He's also going to be on video chat and he's going to be on at 930. But we're not going to talk about the usual weed. We're going to talk about how unions are um, now getting into the space of cannabis. And there's, you know, again, we talked about it a little bit last week, but there is gummies and things getting infused and our children are getting a hold of it. So those are the things that we're going to talk about with Ham. Yep. Yeah. So now I'm going to take a breath for a second. Well, and we're going to talk basically about we're going to get into it hard about the spiritual warfare that's going on in America. You know, and I think too when people think about there being a spiritual battle going on, and it's not just in our country; it's all over the world right now, as we can see. um, You know, we'll use Hamas and Israel for an example, but here, you know, in our own roots. Um, in America, there is definitely just a spiritual warfare going on. And it's not just about, uh, you know, what religion you are or Mm -hmm. taking God out of schools or dividing the church and state. It's it's so much deeper than that. And um, do I think that it is because God has been taken away from so many things and faith has been removed from so many things? Absolutely. And I feel like that is just what has made this downward spiral in our society it you know it starts anywhere from having the transgender issues with children and allowing children to make decisions that will affect them for the rest of their lives and we are now seeing the effects of children that were able to make those decisions and how it has really really affected their lives in a negative way then you, we have people, the, one of the topics that I really have a hard time understanding how it is so easily thrown around and it is on a political pulpit, which I, I don't understand this as well, is just abortion and how people can throw around abortion and you've got all of these experts and all of these people that are playing God and deciding when a baby is a baby, how old. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is, it's not for the politicians to decide. It is an issue that will not go away. And there, it, it, it's deep. And for, for people to act like it's just um, cut and dry. Um, and it's, you know, Nikki Haley, she talks about it, you know, all the time. And she makes some great points. However, it needs to be really cut and dry that it's it's going to happen. And if you, it, it's a it's a double-edged sword because you can't take it away for everyone because there are going to be reasons for it. But then, you know, you've got these people that want to, you know, play, you know, doctor and God and decide when, um, when a baby's a baby. And that can really um, be divisive among people as we see because 
again, it is this huge topic that everyone yes. talks about. Um, you know, it's in all the debates. And, um, you know, we could, I mean, we could do a deep dive into that, but that's just one of the Well, and the that's things. just one of the things, and you're absolutely right about that. I am very pro-life, but I'm also a constitutionalist. So I wouldn't have an abortion. I wouldn't want any of my children to have an abortion, but it already is, I believe, where it needs to be. It's already Roe versus Wade was overturned, so it's back to the states. So making this a political point is not going to help the Republicans. It's already where it should be. I absolutely do understand where Christian conservatives, once it completely banned because it's murder, but you got to be careful. It is a very slippery slope there. It, 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 it really, really is. is. And, and crazy people have kind of taken over dealing with this both right and left you know when you you know just yesterday i was flipping through different news sources and news channels and there was an actual you know just even a couple weeks ago it was part of a palestinian type of a march and there was a lady that got up on the stage and they weren't even talking about black Lives matters or palestinians she literally had a baby that she had tied some sort of a rope i guess to be that umbilical cord and she started like pulling it out of her stomach and then chopping its head off. And like, that was like her right to be able to do that to her own flesh and blood. And that's where it really struck me. This is a spiritual battle. This is very huge. It's not just good versus evil. There is very satanic issues going on in our country. And it's people just think it's crazy people. And yes, these people might have some mental issues, but Satan is alive and well, prowling right all over the ground in the world. He, he, he is. He's everywhere. And he is, um, in a lot of instances, he's winning. Correct. And in, in, in these instances and these topics that are being just so lightly thrown around like it's no big deal, um, you know, it's it's supposed to be acceptable for children to be exposed to drag shows and, and books about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And that, that in itself is, is mind blowing to me. How anyone, I, I don't care if you're a teacher, if you're a lawmaker, I, I, whatever you are, there's an issue when you think that it's okay and appropriate for children to witness a drag show. And my question is for the, the, the people, drag queens have their place. I mean, that's, you know, knock yourself out. Well, nobody so, was bothered by the drag queens right. at all. Like, you don't have to go to them if you don't want to go to them. Nobody, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Until they started going after our babies. Right. And my question to you is, why do you want to expose yourself in that way to a child? Right. So, As, so I, I have a lot of questions for a lot of these people that think yes. it's okay. I, you know, I'd love to see their rap sheet. I abs, I really would. Yeah. I, I think that that there's some there's it goes a lot deeper. I, I think than so. Just wanting to dress up like a woman and run, you know, run around and hardly anything around children. Around I, children. I, I think yes. that it goes a lot deeper than that. So that's that's just some of it, and it, and then it leads us right into the the whole PizzaGate. Yes, yes. And, and the trafficking and, you know, that's being brought up again. And Elon Musk is one of the latest to to bring it up again, bring up the Pizzagate. And he got a lot of, of slack for that, um, you know, trying, he, you know, they were trying to say that he was agitating and just trying mm -hmm. to 
start a whole bunch of conspiracy theories again. But, you know, they've anytime Elon says something, he's questioned for it. He said, you know, he's being told that he's saying untruths and he he always comes and fulfills whatever it is that he says. So um, I think that there's a lot uh, there's a lot to it. I, I agree with you. And I really I, do. I think it's interesting. And this becomes a political thing when people just saw Elon Musk is the EV creator. He was a god and he was wonderful. They just started attacking him when he came out and said, you know, the Democrats are just mean. He said, so I don't think I can ever vote for a Democrat again. And I'm not saying that he is a Trump lover. I am not saying that he's Republican. He, he says he's now a, you know, card carrying, so to speak, independent. So he's being attacked because he's no longer left. And so that's why he, he's being attacked and he's exposing things. And, you know, I was getting frustrated thinking, my gosh, look what everybody's doing to this world. And, and during both the 2016 and the 2020 election, when they were suppressing, you know, people like our listeners and, and anybody that was conservative. And in 2016, it was a little more subtle, but in 2020, we absolutely knew that if you were a conservative, you were being suppressed. But I found such hope in the world when some Somebody like Elon, and he's, I don't idolize him. I just think he's very smart in, in ways that he took Twitter and made it X. And now there's a freedom on a platform that wasn't there before. And then it mm -hmm. also forced something like Truth Social that has a lot of cred on Truth Social. It's the same thing as Rumble. You know, I don't always agree with everything on Rumble, but it's a, you know, it's an open platform. Yep. So I, I just think that. I agree with you on Elon that he is exposing Pizzagate. And so if any of you are not aware of what Pizzagate is, put it on the chat line. Let us know, do you know what Pizzagate is? Do you not know what Pizzagate is? I had somebody yesterday after the show said to me, okay, so is Pizzagate part of that thing that you guys are going to be doing in the loo where you go to different places uh -huh. and you eat pizza? And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what it is. Pizzagate is very known for, if you've researched this, for trafficking of children. Mm -hmm. And if you want to expound upon that sure. a little bit and what you think Pizzagate is. Well, so Pizzagate got its name from an actual pizza parlor. Um, I think it was the Comet Ping Pong Pizza Bar Parlor in Washington, D.C. And um, this, this gentleman that owns the pizza parlor, he was in a relationship with um, a Clinton ally. And so someone that that supported financially um, Clinton. And so when people started looking into this gentleman that was wanting to host these different events for um, the Clinton party in particular, they started to look into his social media. And so I think his name was Aliphantus. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, they started looking into his social media, started digging a little bit deeper and started finding really disturbing images of, yes. of kids, pictures with them in bondage. Um, he, but he had no problem. He had a, his quick response was, I think it's cute. It's, I believe a niece of his that was in bondage in these pictures. He thought it was cute. So hello, that's your first uh, red flag yeah. that the guys, you know, definitely got issues. Um, and so that's where the whole pizza gate 
the name of it started coming in. And he would go on two different message boards and he started using different, you know, emojis, mm-hmm. words, pizza, you, you know, pizza being the so word. The, yeah, it, so the, the, the code word, to my knowledge, is the reason why it's Pizzagate is because they used to use the code word cheese pizza for, and the abbreviation is child porn. So that's where the whole pizza comes in. Yeah. Cheese, pizza, child, porn. Yeah. And the the age or what kind of cheese would be the age of the child. Yes. Yes. I didn't hear that much. Yeah. So you would, you can, you know, you'd go on and you could order and you could say, you know, I want this pizza and I want, you know, cheddar or whatever your choice is going to (laughs) be. It makes me sick even thinking about it. I know. But that's where that started to come from. So as we all know that, um, you know, pedophiles and, um, you know, sick individuals, they will look for any way to communicate these perverse desires. And they, they think that they're being slick and maybe they are slick for a little while, but then they do get they um, slip up. They, they do. They, they definitely slip up. And I remember being an educator for so long. You know, we were always trained to tell children that their body parts were their body parts. And really, the only one that could touch their body parts was, you know, basically they went to the doctor if they need a little bit of help going to the restroom. But other than that, that's why they call private parts private because your clothes are on the top of them and we would talk to kids about it and now I've met since I've not owned my schools which was back in 2019 I didn't have to deal with any of that and I have friends that still own child care centers that said teachers were trying to bring in Black Lives Matters they were then trying to bring in it's okay if Uncle Tommy now touches you because you have and I Gosh, I don't even want to say it, but it was like they would say things like, you know, you have a little spot, a no-no spot, and it's okay if it starts to feel good. And I'm like, whoa, you don't tell that to a three-year-old? See, now, if I if I heard any individual, an adult, say mm-hmm. that, I I might I might be in trouble. I, me too. I, I, honestly. Me I mean, too. that just, it, it's, it's so disgusting. Yes. On so many levels. It is. But you know what's so perverse about this, Megan, is say you hear a teacher do that okay and you fire that teacher because they would be gone and I would have to put my hands behind my back because I might hurt her or him as they were going out the door if they Mm -hmm. said that I never had to deal with that thank the lord but people educators who own child care centers now are having to deal with that and here's the problem when you call Division of Family Services or Child Protective Services depending on what state you are those organizations are are full of progressive left people who are starting to find this agenda just fine. Absolutely. So who do you call? So when that happens, and, and, and as an educator, you are a mandated reporter, but now you're supposed to call CPS or DFS, mm-hmm. and they come out and they don't see anything wrong with it. That's when you know we have a very big problem. Well, and I think the problem, too, is that we have now been told that anytime we want to go up against these radical ideologies that are starting to come up that, well, the word racist, I, I mean, how, how watered down can that be? Yes. I, I j- it's like, find another word. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're all racist. We're all fascists. We're all homophobes. Yes. We're all transphobes. You know, all of these words. 
And so we have, a lot of us have been made to feel like we are the oppressors. So, Correct. you know, if, if we say anything in regards to any of this or stand up to anyone or show up at the school board mm -hmm. meetings or have, a, you know, what I like to call a healthy confrontation, which is possible. Yes. You can have a healthy confrontation with these individuals that want to excuse these behaviors. And it's inexcusable. The, it just across the board. It it's is just absolutely un inexcusable. And in the United States alone, we have seven hundred and fifty thousand sex offenders that are registered. Those are the ones registered. We all know that not all sex offenders are registered. Correct. They they and and not all offenders have even been, you know, reported. Well, and so, you know what I've I've learned about offenders too is there's some people. This is what gets so murky. Is there's people on the sex offender list though that weren't even a sex offender, mm -hmm. and so it, it'd be somebody. And okay, it, it'd be like say your kid that is seventeen and had you know, like sex with their 16-year-old girlfriend and somebody wanted to press charges. I'm not saying they should or they shouldn't be on the sex offender list, but they are grouped as the same thing as Uncle Johnny that molested six of his nieces. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's even a broken system too. It's like, well, where do you go from here Well, and, and part of that broken system is when you have people like George Soros. Yes. Who, he, he goes and he wants to defend let's say Uncle Johnny, like you just said, goes mm -hmm. and, and is inappropriate with his nieces. Well, did the nieces ask for it? Did they consent to it? Well, you know, that's that's where he comes in with this Open Society Foundation. Yes. So you've got this guy that makes a ton of money. Mm -hmm. You've got the, the trafficking industry that's, you know, $13 billion a year. Yes. So so what he's saying is, hey, look, there's a there's a want for this. There's a need for this. So what we're going to do is we're going to have the Open Society Foundation and we are going to allow for the um, for we're going to allow people to be pedophiles and we're yes. going to allow sex workers to be prostitutes. And none of this is going to be criminalized. None of this is going to be against the law. So. If you are a minor and you engage in a sexual act with, you know, your 60-year-old grandpa or neighbor or whatever it is, you know, if, if it was consensual and you're 12, it's yeah. okay. Well, and like Mary's saying something that makes a lot of sense on the chat line, that she still wonders about JonBenet Ramsey. Oh. And, and, you know, my heart breaks for that kid because who did it? I'm not saying the mom and the dad did it. I'm not even saying the little brother is. The last thing that I had heard was the brother did it and the mom and dad covered for it. I don't know. The truth has really never come out there. But think about that, what Mary had said. There's so many people now that we look back. Look at all the Disney stars. You know, my daughter had a friend that was, like you would call an extra on a lot of the Disney things. And when he came back, he left a beautiful human. And when he came back, he was completely broke and he was telling my daughter the things that these people made him do and it wasn't even to get the parts he already had the parts in the shows it was just these older people you know you go out there to LA and your parents are not with you in most cases and they just do stuff to you mm -hmm. and then 
and, and that's what they're trying to do. I, I think everybody that understands Pizzagate and Epstein Island and sex trafficking and Hollywood and all of that, they are trying to normalize pedophilia. That's right. And why? Because of this list. This mm-hmm. list that is about ready to come out, and we're going to really get into this list really deeper after we talk to the Stricks, because in about five, 10 minutes mm-hmm. or so, the Stricks are going to come on, and they're going to come on video chat, and they're just going to talk to us a little bit about Cabo, but don't go away, because we're going to get into the list. We have some DC insiders and some New York insiders that told us some stuff about that list. And we're going to get into that closer to the nine o'clock hour. So don't go away. There's some really hot yeah, stuff on that right, list. Right. And I'd like to know if if any of the listeners, my, my biggest question right now is why do we have to wait for the list? Why are we waiting for, yes. for, the, for the Epstein well, here's here's why released. we're waiting for that. There is I, I asked the same question when I asked one of my DC insiders. She said it seems like we should get it now, but what they're doing is they're going through right now and redacting the names of the victims mm-hmm. because the victims, many victims, have come forward. But it's a list, and on this list, and we'll get into the list, you know, in the nine o'clock hour. But the list has both innocent people on the list. It's just all the associates. Of well, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, and some of the people are innocent, and some of the people that came forward are all on that list. Well, I, I have a I have a hard time believing that that's the only reason that they're Gosh, wanting right? to wait. I really do to redact the names of the victims. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. our, couldn't our, they have already done that? Right, our process is is much better than that. I just have this feeling that there's a lot of nasty negotiations going yes. on right now, yes. and people, you know, deep reaching deep in their pockets and trying to figure out what they're going to do. I like, think it's that, and Angel Studios kind of put a. Uh, a little bit of a slow on their their plan because they're trying to expose child sex trafficking and stuff while the you know they're trying to to lessen the blow so yes. when this list is is released you know that that people are actually more accepting of it well angel studios is the only people standing in their way of that correct correct and for any of you that don't know who angel studios is they are the studio that um produced the movie Sound of Freedom mm-hmm. that really opened the seedy side of sex trafficking. And this doesn't just happen in America. What's on the Epstein list is even different than Sound of Freedom because Sound of Freedom shows the average man, that sounds sick, the average man sex trafficking with seedy hotels and not necessarily in America. The Epstein list is different. That's private jets and fancy hotels. And and so that just shows you sex trafficking goes from the nothing, and what I mean by nothing is people that don't have any money or any resources, all the way up to the elite. That's right. And 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 Joe's absolutely right. Angel Studios fought and fought and fought and got that movie when Fox was supposed to have it, Disney was supposed to have it, and neither one of them would touch it. Mm-hmm. That tells you so much. Actually, didn't Disney buy it just so they could hold up production Correct. of it for That's a long exactly time? Exactly right. That's exactly right, yeah. Joe. And That's you, exactly right. And you, you know, to that point, sex trafficking is happening. I on Friday, I will go and spend time with our young girls here in the you know the local metropolitan mm-hmm. area that have been trafficked and they are in restoration for it. So it's not just in the movies, it's not just with Jeffrey Epstein. It's not with, you know, all these big headline news stories. It's happening right here, right in our own community and we need to really wake up 
We need to be able to speak up about it. And when we hear people say, oh, it's not true and this and that mm -hmm. and Pizzagate's just a conspiracy theory and all that, you, maybe the word Pizzagate's a little extra. I don't know. But it's not a conspiracy theory. No. It's it, happening. It's, it is It is happening. And it's people don't want to. Even the, the kindest, most beautiful, gentle, God-fearing people they don't think it's happening because if they don't think it's happening, then it's not happening. Then What's they really funny? Deal with it. What's really funny is I've talked to a couple people about this specific top topic and the island and everything, letting them know about this list. And there's yes. people out there who have no clue that 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 island even existed or anything right. happened. In, mm -hmm. I, there's still people out there who have no idea all this is going on. That's right, and those are the same people that are going to go to vote in 2024 that have absolutely no idea what the policies are when they go to make their their vote yeah they have, they have no clue they're voting because it's the whether whatever party you're in it's the cool thing to do your parents told you to your friends told you to and you know half the time they don't even know who who's running for the, the vice president that's exactly they right they don't that's so right. it's the same ignorance all the way around and ignorance can be bliss it yeah. really can i mean these are topics that we're talking about today that not everyone is comfortable with talking about or hearing about and it's unfortunate that we do have to talk about these things but it's real and it is affecting our country in a way that is so much bigger than i ever yeah, ever that, would have thought. Well, exactly. And and going back, Chris is saying uh, to our point about talking about Angel Studios, he said what we said was not completely true. It was acquired during the Fox buyout, but they just shelved it, not necessarily, you know, brought it to shelve it. I don't know about that. I, I, I've just been told that Disney and Fox were both involved in it and it was shelved on purpose until Angel Studios came out. And uh, Tracy is asking if you go and speak at schools about human trafficking. I know my daughter does, my daughter who fights human tra trafficking and she's a prosecutor. It was more acceptable back then for her to go. She hasn't done it as much since she's worked for Andrew Bailey because she's, she's doing the prosecuting side. But when she used to go and speak, those kids didn't even know anything about it. And the schools were very receptive to it now schools are you know correct mm -mm. me if i'm wrong they're putting their brakes on it aren't they, they they really are they they're they're hesitant because they don't know well obviously how the children are going to take it but there's a way to explain trafficking to children that doesn't make it sound like they're going to be you know taken by gun and and thrown into a car and things like that um, I believe that most importantly, too, it's it's more important for the parents to know what to look out for. But the children need to know, too, because most of the exploitation that's happening right now is happening from social media or the kids being on their devices and people getting into contact with them. These pedophiles can get a hold of kids in any way, shape or form than you can imagine through their apps. They have ways to get around everything, mm -hmm. um, the firewalls and things like that. They're, they're better than that. This is what they do. They are, they are professional sickos and they spend their time looking and trying to find ways to get a hold of children that they can exploit yes. and take advantage of. Um, so yeah, it is hard to get into to a lot of the schools um, really, our focus is to get in and talk to law enforcement, yes. people in hospitals, um, educators, things like that. Those are the people that are really willing and in need to hear. Yes. So it's still, um, it can be real touchy trying to get 
you know, uh, and, and especially in some areas, yes, you know, more liberal schools. Mm-hmm. They yeah, don't. They, they won't even mm-hmm. do that at all. No, they're too worried about talking about who's going into what bathroom and correct and all that. Issues. Well, hang on, hang on to this topic and don't anybody go away yes, because please. we're going we're just to getting just get into it. We're just getting into the beef of it, and there is so much that we have to tell you about that. But first, we're going to soften the blow a little bit, and we're going to have Kathy and Steve on right now. So they're on video chat. Look at that. Uh, Look at that. Look oh, at you two. Look man. at you two. That's so hey obvious. Guys. We're Boy. here. We're here, hot and heavy, talking about Oof. the Epstein list and Colorado oh, and. Oh, the Holocaust and a spiritual battle. So take us away from that for a minute. <laughs> Tell us what you guys are doing. Wow. Sorry to yeah. walk in on that kind of heavy day. Yeah, you don't want it. Uh, you don't yeah. want it. But, but yeah, so give us a little break for a few minutes and tell us how it's going sure. there in Cabo. Well, it's beautiful. Well, let's Steve, Steve tell you. He'll, he'll give you a little panoramic and okay, sure. love show it. you where we're coming to you live from. Oh. You see this? Oh, just gorgeous, you Amazing. guys. What's so, the temperature? Uh, right now it's about... Hi. Highs of about 81, 82. Ooh, mm-hmm. Perfect. So and where so are you this, at exactly? Oh my gosh, beautiful. Right here, the uh, Worldwide Technology PGA Tournament was here about a month ago. Nice. So kind of bringing some St. Louis to Cabo. Yeah. Worldwide. Love that. Love that. So we that. came to oh. the uh, Cardinal, which is a Tiger Woods golf course this morning for our member update. And mm-hmm. we're going to do our podcast with you guys right before. Oh, yeah. I love so, that. So did you guys go out last night and have a good time? We are extensive going out. We have our whole family here, mm-hmm. our kids. Our kids are young. They usually like to go out, but they just love this this club atmosphere here at the Diamante. Um, so they have a really nice sports bar. So we did dinner there. Oh, nice. They set up a little private area for us outside on the patio with the beautiful lights and just the views mm-hmm. and brought out heaters for us because it gets to be, you know, about 68 Oh my gosh, that's terrible. 68 degrees. Yeah, so cold. cold. I love it. So that was our extent of our night out. Just a couple drinks and a really nice dinner. And, you know, we've been coming here since, what, 2015? Yep. Since 2015. And so we've gotten to know some of the people that work here. So that's always a treat to come and see them. And they make over our family and they remember our kids. So the kids just love it so we, we don't venture too far off from here most of the time when we're here it doesn't sound yeah, like I mean, you have huge. to no yeah. it's, it's 1500 acres oh so, seriously you know, wow yeah wow you, you go into the gate and then there's a hard rock on the property so hard rock we, and mm-hmm. Nova. we went to the hard there. rock hotel for the day the other day just to go to a different pool and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's nice it's refreshing it's uh change of pace from the heavy stuff you're just talking about yes and that is and we're definitely talking about heavy stuff and I, and I recommend everybody does that we we get all into the you know the the muck and the mire of everything and we have to and we have to expose it but then sometimes you got to shut your brain off and not talk yeah. about mm-hmm. it it's hard though for me to do that me I'll too. be honest me too. It's, yeah. it's really hard yeah, yeah. I, I, you I, know I, Megan that's kind I understand because that's kind of where I've been for the past couple months just in real estate. It's been hard for me to get mm-hmm. on the show and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. real estate, because there's so many heavy things happening in real estate yeah. too. You know, I was just opening up on the way here, figuring out, oh, is there any, any real estate news to look at? And everything is just lawsuit after lawsuit mm-hmm. after lawsuit. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know who is out there trying to cripple this industry, but all guns are blazing. Um, there was a security breach with the nation's largest title company and it's bad enough that there was a security breach. Now there's a class action lawsuit filed by some of the people with the security breaches. Same thing that happened with Mr. Cooper and mortgage a few weeks back. 
Um, more lawsuits about the commissions. Like there's probably mm -hmm. 15 different class action lawsuits now about the commission. So it just gets to be enough. Like you just can't. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we just have to step away, and that's what this trip to Cabo is. Oh, good for me, you. a little good. bit. Step well, away, and refresh, and then come back ready for 2024 to to make real mm -hmm. estate happen no matter what it is what, yeah no matter what's going on around well and I'm, I'm i can tell by looking at the both of you i know you guys are taking care of yourselves you're probably working out like crazy people uh, and to eating the gym well oh good for <laughs> yeah. you now what do you like to do kathy at the gym i know well, you don't do the same things as your husband oh at the gym um actually yeah so i do a little bit all over but um I focus a lot on the arms and mm -hmm. legs and glutes. Yeah. That's the, that's the a little bit of back. I have a pretty significant scoliosis case, so I have oh. to modify some of the things that I do. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I need, actually need to work on the back a little more than I have been. So, But he's a great arm trainer. He's He gets me. <laughs> Ooh, oh, Your arms are looking yes. great there, Oh, Kathy. my gosh. They're looking good. Yes. Girl. Oh, gosh, you guys. That looks that looks great. Well, we appreciate nice you taking up and not yeah. have to worry about throwing makeup on and mm -hmm. just dry yeah. the hair and go and that's pretty much it for the day hit the pools it's wonderful that's oh, good. good. Well, you guys you. deserve family it. You guys time. work so hard, and it's so important for you guys to take a break and have your babies around you and just mm -hmm. breathe. Just breathe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But work still goes on. So yeah, what's it happening does. in mortgage, hon? Yeah, are you guys yeah, still are you guys mortgage. still working? A little, a little. We're gonna go um, visit some of the houses here. Uh, on there's there was one for sale. I gotta see if it's still for sale. That was on Selling Sunset. That's on oh the really. Here it's one of the beach houses. So I told them we're gonna have to go. You're gonna have put to put our go realtor hats on and go do a tour. Yes, yeah. So yeah, it's it's uh, a <laughs> it's it's priced out of most people's market. Definitely way priced out of our market. That's why they put it on the show. But it's nice novelty thing to see. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. If it's been on the you know one of those really cool you know real estate shows, you want to go see it. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, there is some positive news in the mortgage front, though. Rates are starting to drop a little bit, so don't need to go into detail. Things don't change that often, but I'm sure people have been seeing that. And for all those people that have been wondering when that light at the end of the tunnel is going to be seen, I think mm -hmm. that we're seeing it now. So um, we're looking for a much better 2024 for anybody that's looking to purchase a home. Oh, that's maybe good. Yeah, that's great yes, news. Have, we had a couple of refinances. Last week, yeah. yeah. That, that's what, what, are the what are the rates at, the ones you're talking about? <laughs> it's such a loaded question, yeah. but let's just say they're below Today. 7%. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. you're looking at 6.5%. We did uh, quote somebody in the fives oh, the other okay. day. So the high 5% range. So it was. Mm -hmm. And that's, man that's a manageable amount. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is. It's, I mean, rates were over 8%. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that that sound that's we'll very optimistic. Anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, if you got a three, yeah. you know, it's a, that's an easier jump. If you have like a three and a half percent to go to a five, you you you, you can do that. But a lot of people feel like I can't go up five percent and exactly. go to that eight nine or whatever. But going to the exactly. five, you can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And we're seeing the phones ring a little bit too. It's Chris the week of Christmas. You know, we'll be slow for just a little bit, but. Right after Christmas, usually by the 27th, we start having phone calls of people setting up appointments for listing appointments. So I expect with the rates coming down and with the pause that people have kind of been on in 2023, that we'll see some pretty early activity on in 2024 with more inventory coming on the market, more buyers coming out. So that means 
soon as those buyers come out, guys, we're going to go back to the bidding wars again. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. So if you want to put your house up for sale, that's a good thing. I'm not going anywhere. I just got settled. If you want to buy, if you want to buy, get in the market early instead of waiting for spring and summer. Yeah, makes Um, sense. And then you know you can always still do a buy down if the rates aren't exactly where you need to be and get into a house before it escalates to a super high price again. Or you know you can also just do some refinancing. I know at a New American Funding we offer a refinance at no cost for the five years after you you buy your house so it won't stop you from you know you got to think strategically of do i want to wait until it drops another half percent or a percent and then pay 40 50 60 thousand dollars more for the house in a battle with 20 other buyers or go ahead and get in now and then readjust your rate you know once the rates do come down again yeah and not have to pay for it that's that's awesome that's Mm -hmm. That's on the front end of the price of the house so mm-hmm. yes well is there anything you guys want to add before you can go back out into the what the 80 degrees and go work out and go yeah. see the ocean anything you want to add before we let you go no, we figured Megan would come loaded with some questions this week. <laughs> we decided yeah. not to because we didn't want to be like loading you down when you should be out there That's in the okay. sunshine. Oh, so we didn't load yeah. you down. You, it's funny you say that though okay. because last week I because texted. I do have Twenty questions. Oh, I yeah. actually no. Um, after the show last week, I I was texting um these guys and I was like, you thank you so much for letting me just yap my brains out. Like I wasn't no, even watching right. the time. I just loved love asking it. you guys all those questions and and learning about all of those amazing new things that everybody wants to know about. And sometimes people exactly. just don't know who to ask or the questions to ask. Yeah. So I feel like you gave a lot of people, especially that were on the chat line, you gave them a lot of really good information and they yes. were pumped. Yeah. They were pumped. Good. Mm-hmm. That's about why we it. come every Wednesday morning. Yes. Well, and we appreciate it very much. Will you guys go enjoy the sun? And then when you come back next week, we'll be loaded with the questions. You just we'll go have fun it. now. Sounds good. And right. hey, sun so fan. Kathy, here's a here's the thing yes. that for next sure. week, I am sure. dying to know about Christmas trees and what people are doing when they dec- are decorating their Christmas trees. Like I've just seen so many different types. So Mm -hmm. I want you to maybe you could give us a picture of your Christmas tree next week. Yes, that would be perfect. And tell us like what people are doing. Yes, I love that. Okay. All right. Well, you guys have fun. We love you guys. Go have a good rest of your vacation. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you. Enjoy. Bye, all. Bye. That's so fun. Isn't it so fun? You know, I said to my husband, you know, gosh, wouldn't that be fun to do Christmas somewhere, but we have. He's like, well, honey, we have. We, mm-hmm. we've, we've done it in Florida a couple times because my mom had a place in Florida. And then, you know, it, but the thing of it is, and, and we've done it in Texas before, it's fine if your kids are older. Yes. And you can say, for vacation, this is what I'm buying you for Christmas mm-hmm. is you're getting this trip and we'll all give pull names and do little trinkets. Yeah. But our five kids, I think we might mainly only had four at the time and then five when we went to Texas, that's a lot of work to do the whole Santa thing, mm-hmm. bring the presents and then get them on the plane. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot. It of is work. a lot of work. My kids, they would, they'd be devastated if I yeah. told them that they couldn't be home on Correct. Christmas. Correct. But I, when I, they get older, I'm sure that will change. Yeah. We did that with our kids and that was rough, rough, rough. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that was a nice break from that the was. stuff that and we were talking about. Because yes. now we got to get right back into it. That's right. Right back into it. And so we'll go back into, you know, the sex trafficking. And then we'll get into the child care center again. Mm-hmm. But 
let's go back to the Epstein list. Yes. Okay. So the Epstein list is going to come out after the first of the year. And the big question is, is why are we waiting so long? And the only pat answer that I've gotten about that is the victims wants their name redacted. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you, Megan. There's something else that's going on. There's people that are scrambling like crazy that are on that list. And the list isn't necessarily all people who are guilty of it it's just all of his associates mm -hmm. but who is on that list is the people that were on the flight log so that is people at first were saying it isn't but it, that's not all it is it's all of his associates mm -hmm. so that list is gosh I, I can't wait to see it because i've seen what i think is the list but apparently it's a fraction of what's really on that list yeah i can't wait to see who's on that list and the thing is too it's going to be from from both sides of the of the swamp so to speak yes it's going to be a, a mix of people and that this is when people have to take out their political views and their political party when it comes to things like this when it comes to trafficking children or exploiting children or exploiting anyone for that matter this is when you need to take your color. You're not a red, you're not a blue, and you need to do what's right. And Correct. you need to make sure that the justice is served. And, you know, it's interesting. I was at the uh, day before yesterday, I was down at the FBI, our, the St. Louis field office. And I was speaking to one of our agents about, you know, trafficking and stuff and, you know, questions like that. But I also talked, you know, to the the domestic and the international oh, terrorist, yeah. uh, those TFOs. Mm -hmm. But I asked a lot of great questions. But one of the, the things that was really eye-opening to me is that the agent that is, um, he does human trafficking and crimes against children. He said that when something happens down there and it comes to a child, no one brings up their political views Everyone jumps on board. He says he can get a matter of 50 agents in a snap. Now, there are times when they are dealing with, um, you know, protesting and things like that, mm -hmm. that their views come in. And you, he said that you, you, there will be disagreements and arguments about, you know, which agents are going to do this. They agree, they don't agree, and things like that. So when it comes to the exploitation of children and trafficking, he said that that's when no one has a question about anything. And that is really good to know because mm -hmm. I think on that list, we're going to be surprised is what I'm being told who's on that list and will blow our mind. And then how are people going to behave after that? Say somebody that somebody really admired or really even almost to the point of idolized, are you going to do the right thing and be like, but that person is a child molester. Mm -hmm. But it's going to take a while to dig through it because that list has innocent people on it too. And so are people that are just on that list going to be crucified right away? I know with business dealings I've had that I didn't know, you know, that I bought something from someone or, you know, had a business dealing with them and the businesses that we own. And later to come to find out that person was a real creepo. But I didn't know that when I was making the business business transaction. So we're going to have some of that too. It's just they did some business dealings and then but they really weren't involved in the trafficking. And um you know Donna was saying on the chat line that could we explain further what exactly is 
Epstein Island? Because we talk about it a lot and we just assume people know. Mm -hmm. But would you like to take that? Yeah. Tell us what the actual Epstein Island is for people who don't know. Well, Epstein Island is exactly what it sounds like. So it's an island. It's a private island that he owned. He had massive real estate on there. Um, and he was able to to really get away and do whatever he wanted on this island. His main residence was in New York City mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, lived in a high rise. So, you know, he, you, you can't really get away with doing a whole lot in that kind Correct. of a, and he had of a, a living situation. Too. Yeah. But, well, I mean, the guy was, you know, had money just literally coming out of his ears. So he had yes. real estate everywhere. But he used this island in particularly to seduce young girls. Yes. And, you know, his sidekick there, um, you know, Jelaine, she, which is a really odd, I I don't understand their dynamic at all. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. in love and they were a couple, yet she was the one that was going out and basically recruiting all of these young girls. Yes, yes. As young as 14. Exactly. And she would take these, she would entice these young girls saying that they were going to have modeling opportunities, photographing opportunities, whatever these kids were into, that's how she would get them on board and then take them to Epstein Island. In one instance, there she was, Maxine was there, had this one girl, I think she was either 14 or 15 years old, and just basically said, hey, um, you're going to get a massage, and then you're going to massage Jeffrey, and then mm-hmm. it got really, really uncomfortable, and she got out of there. She managed to get out of there. She was told that she was going to be one of many girls her age that were going to be involved in this kind of modeling scout photo shoot, and she and Jeffrey and Jelaine were the only three there on yeah, this whole so estate that sick, she saw. But my question, too, goes back to the, the fundamentals of our society and what's happening. And my child would never and it wouldn't even cross my mind to allow my child. Now, I'm not I'm not doing any victim shaming or blaming. Mm-hmm. But again, I just wanted I always want to understand how it is so easy unless you are in a dire, impoverished si- yes. situation where there's desperation. Why someone would allow their child to go with anyone. I don't care if it was the the Queen of England, mm-hmm. you don't, you just don't let your child just go correct away like that. And that's the problem is they picked vulnerable people mm-hmm. where their parents were either not very present or a lot of their parents had been some sort of a drug addict or the the moms. You know, there wasn't usually usually there wasn't a dad in the picture, and so a lot of times the moms were working double jobs, and so. They know who to pick. The sex traffickers, they're not going to come to the house that there's a strong mom and a dad role model and the mom and the dad are always present. They're, they don't pick those kids. They pick the child that's already maybe, I, I don't know that they're underprivileged, but maybe underserved from adults mm-hmm. being in their life. So that's who they pick. And what's sad about that is I'm not going to go into at this point who's all on that list, but we've all seen pictures that that seemed at the time relatively innocent of people in planes heading out to this island. And the one that gets to me so much all the time is Obama always having this cute little Asian orphan. And it comes to find out she was an Asian, always sitting on his lap. Now, does that sound like it's that big of a deal? 
No, we have kids that would sit on our laps and stuff. But when you find out after the fact and you, you can find these pictures, it's getting harder and harder to find. Obama had that child around him a lot, but then the kid just disappeared. Where, where did the kid go? So, I mean, did they use this kid up and then throw this kid away? And I'm not accusing him of anything, but it's all very suspect. And, and there's a lot of other people that we've seen. And I'm being told, as I said before, that that list is going to shock us. Some people that we haven't even seen the pictures of them at all mm -hmm. are on that list. And some people that are not on the list that was floating around are going to be on the true list. Absolutely. And the problem too is that these people that live in this world will start with wealth, with this incredible amount of wealth. They are so delusional mm -hmm. as to what reality is. And they have a, a sincere feeling that they can get away with anything. They do. That they, they, they are going to be protected, that money will pay, pay, pay. It's same thing with My Michael Jackson. I don't care what anyone says. There's something, you know, that that happened with those young kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He had money. He had people to protect him. He had people that would lie for him. So it goes down to that same exact thing. They yes. don't. They don't. They don't live in reality, and they are willing to put themselves out on the line because they think that money is going to band aid everything. And it has up until this mm -hmm. point. Money and power and fame. People were absolutely untouchable. But, you know, the year of 2024, I am being told over and over, is going to be just a shit show, good and bad, because we've got all of this thing coming up with the presidential election and all the other type elections, mm -hmm. too. But they're throwing diversions at us on purpose because the unraveling of all of this is coming out in 2024 too. The unraveling of Pizzagate, the unraveling of pedophiles, stopping BLM, because this whole thing with the Asian hate that is coming up also is shedding a light even more so on what a fraud the pro-Palestinian marches and BLM is. And it's just unraveling to people who refuse to see it before are starting to wake up. I, I sure hope so. It, but it does, it goes back to just the spiritual warfares. People are just being torn and for whatever reason, being misguided and led towards the evil of the two, good and evil. It goes back to Soros again with his open society. It goes back to him wanting to make all of these things that we're talking about legal. He wants to allow for children to have relationships with people. He started the North American Man-Boy Association. I think for all of you that are thinking there is absolutely no way that something like this exists, it does. I think, Joe, you Wait, got... Soros started that? Yeah. Well, I had no a, idea. Yeah, there's a clip. And so... I've got the well, clip. Well, I, I just... I was... Eh. Well, we could... Let, let's do the NAMBLA first, since we're talking about just like legalizing pedophilia. So this is the North American Man-Boy Love Association. No, Soros did not, but he's, he's a big supporter of NAMBLA. So a guy named David Thorstad, as you can see, he started this. So basically what they are doing is they are trying to make it okay for a man and a boy to have relationship at any age. It's, it goes right with the maps, the whole minor attracted persons. Mm -hmm. So 
it's again, it's just there's no there's no truth in any of this. It's all delusion, and they are trying to normalize it, correct, and make it okay. And this and, and look at the date for for our listeners. They can't see the date that's put up here that Megan have put up for Nambla. It was December the second mm -hmm. of nineteen seventy eight. So this wasn't just yesterday. It's been going on for a long time. Yes, it, so it really has. How is this group even legal? How, well, how I don't understand. How, that. how are there satanic churches? How are there? How so? I can all right. So I can see freedom of religion and all that, and 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 I can definitely see why churches would be allowed to practice because well, if Christians can practice, so can Satanists or whatever. But this is illegal. This there's this isn't a freedom of religion. This isn't a religion at all. This is. Exactly. And that's, so, and that's trying a, to do exactly. is make it legal. Make it legal. So you've got Soros, and he's he's a person, again, a, a, someone that has just unbelievable amounts of money. He's given thir $32 billion to yes. the Open Society Foundation since 1979, which supports basically anything. You can do anything that you want to do. You can um, you can say that that the all of the um, glaciers are going to melt by tomorrow. He he throws money into that for the climate justice. He sexual identity, gender, all human rights. He wants to protect everyone, and in that it is well. If you are a person that is attracted to a young minor person, that's just how you identify. So what we need to do is we need to find ways. So I'm going to you know reach deep in my pocket. You identify as somebody who's a criminal. <laughs> Ex well, Correct. exactly. But that's where the spiritual warfare absolutely comes in. And I understand where people say that there is rights to every religion, but America was founded on Christian principles. And since we've gotten away from that, even if you're not a Christian, people are people that are even atheists benefit from Christian principles and from the Ten Commandments you know, from the, even the Old Testament. So the problem is, is no one benefits from Satan. I mean, no, no one. No, no one, one benefits from that. So I know that people feel that if there is a, sa a, a satanic statue in front of, say, a city hall, that's okay. That's their right. But what that's telling you is because since we've now allowed that, Satan is prowling this earth and there's no one that benefits from that whatsoever we were not founded on satanic principles so that's where the whole spiritual battle comes in and 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 christians and and our founding fathers are being silenced mm -hmm. by the spiritual battle well it's okay if you like boys and you're a 50-year-old man and you want to go and do something to the private parts it's okay if we put a satanic you know statue it, it's what vic always says it's the slippery slope mm -hmm. if we allow one thing and anything if we allow our children we say to our children okay you can have one donut you can have one but then you walk away and they know that you're not going to follow through they're going to eat the whole box of mm -hmm. donuts yeah. it's the same thing we allow one thing to people that are already emboldened and have a bad intent to us they're going to steamroll it and and they've been steamrolling it the marxism since the 20s and and before mm -hmm. but this whole pedophilia thing that you're talking about nambla that was even before the 80s yeah and so, and, and, and again the, the open society 
like I said, Soros, $32 billion he's given since 1979 to try and keep these sorts of ideologies going. And it's in a lot of our democratic cities. This is all of the, look at all the social justice programs. St. Louis being one of them, one of the biggest ones. How did that work out for us? It didn't. It's not working. We're allowing criminals back out on the street, left and right. And that's just one small part of what he stands for and what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and don't pedophiles or uh, the people who identify as uh, whatever, don't they hide under the umbrella of LGBTQ? Absolutely. Typically, yes. Right. Yes. And so because that's a protected class now. Mm-hmm. And many of us did not even understand all this was coming because it wasn't so spoken about. You didn't hear about it. And some of the bad things, and this is part of the unraveling, that these very big events like Ferguson is when people first heard about Black Lives Matters, and they didn't even come right out right away that it was Soros. It took probably a month, and now they're so emboldened that it's so out there. But the good part of it is, is people are realizing it is bigger than, you know, politics and Mm -hmm. the logistics of politics. There is a battle going on for the souls of our children. And people have got to wake up to that. Mm -hmm. And someone said to me the other day, that's just how you feel about it. I said, no, that is not how I feel about it. That is a fact. How you feel about it is that this is no big deal that grown men are doing something to your children. That's how you feel about it. But a fact is a fact. That is the same thing as I said yesterday. You might not believe in a heaven and a hell, and that's how you feel about it, but that doesn't negate that there's a fact. Mm-hmm. And you'll learn that someday. Right. Well, and as far as the you know, the LGBTQ community, it's unfortunate because there are some wonderful, wonderful gay and lesbian people that I have been friends with over the years. Me as well. And, and they are yes. wonderful parents. And they and, don't like this. Well, no, they don't like it I would it love all. to see more of an uprising to see them try yes. to separate themselves from this group. And why yeah. don't they? That's a g- good yeah, question. The, yeah. That's a good question because no one really was bothered by gay people or no one was bothered with even, you know, we were talking about drag queens earlier. Mm-hmm. It's they're messing with our kids. Well, and these are not gay people per se mm-hmm. that are doing it but they're but Joe you're absolutely right they they hide under the LGBT community I want to see gay people and there's there are some but very few that are uprising about this well here's the thing I think that most gay people that are in gay relationships are living a, a, a pretty normal life. They don't walk up to people and go, hi, I'm gay. I, I like a man or I like a woman or let me tell you about my gender identity or let me tell you about my, my sexuality. Most gay and lesbian people are just everyday people trying to live their life. So they might not even know about all of these different you know, uh, letters of the alphabet that are getting tagged on. I mean, it literally does not end. And what they're doing is, is they're trying to use, let's call it the, you know, alphabet soup. They're trying to use this bowl of soup to get in any perverse ideology. They're trying to tag along with that and hide and use that umbrella as protection against them Mm -hmm. so that they can act and do in any way that they want to. Correct. Correct. It, it, it is disgusting. You know, you've got, I mean, there are, I don't even know how many definitions for, for queer, for, um, you know, gender fluid, for non-binary. There's all these, all these different definitions for everything. And 
And I don't get the word queer. And the reason why I don't get the word queer is when we were growing up, you couldn't call people queer. Mm -hmm. It was an insult. And now it's not an insult. No, they want to be queer. That is their... I don't get it. That's one of their big things. And you know what? And that's okay. And I'll I'll never understand it. And I... I, You can hold it in the same regard as maybe the N-word. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. That's right. But they love to be called queer now. They're in queer groups. They do these, you know, different queer um, functions and and things. And that's that's. I mean, obviously not in the same regard because you guys have said it like 10 times. (laughs) So you couldn't say the N word 10 times. Oh, that's true. That is (laughs) true. No, that is true. That is absolutely true. You could not say, because if we said the N word now mm-hmm. our oh, show would be canceled forget about and it. rightly so yes and rightly so it, it's, that that word is you not it's definitely hate well, speech well, but i don't i don't look at is the q word as is the same however I, I don't, I don't it, it's kind of along the same lines when it comes to that they like to or that, that they identify as that now well and here's the thing too you know kindness and respect is is a necessity for everyone. Correct. But it goes both ways. So when you're going to keep adding all of these letters into the alphabet soup, the respect has to go both ways. You can't expect to keep just, you know, bringing the line further and further and further back and expecting everyone to keep coming with you. There are boundaries for both sides of this. And you respect goes both ways. And so you can't just expect us to hop on your latest propaganda or your latest whatever it's going to be because you're a minority and because you're feeling, you know, that's all I ever hear. Well, I feel like today I feel like it's, you know, it's all about the feels. Well, we all have feels and it, right. there just needs to be a mutual respect when we're discussing these topics. Well, absolutely. And, and right now, there, you know, the gay people are a protected class, but who's not a protected class? It almost seems like right now is Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And so I saw, I said this before on the show that I was driving down the highway and I saw a billboard, and this was before October 7th when they were attacked. And I saw something about, you know, Jewish hate, mm-hmm. you know, contact you know, something.org. And I thought, people don't hate Jewish people nowadays. Mm -hmm. They just don't, because I'm not Jewish. Well, not if you listen to Kanye West. Well, correct, correct. And so I I know that there is people like Kanye West or whatever that says bad about anybody. You know, the, the male white man is made fun of now, females or whatever. So I just thought it was just, yes, he was doing that, but Everybody was having it done until October 7th. Mm -hmm. And then it opened my eyes to really look. There is big anti-Semitism before October 7th here in the States, Mm -hmm. back over in Germany where the Holocaust was. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit. You know, there there is a child care center that was named after Anne Frank in Germany. And there's so much anti-Semitism over there in Germany. And the teachers just don't want to have to deal with telling the kids about it. The Germans don't want to have to tell the kids about what their ancestors did. And it looks like they're starting to do again Mm -hmm. that they want to rename the school world explorers Mm -hmm. and it's the parents that want to do that and and the parents are probably millennials so they don't want to deal with it because when you're speaking of feelings it might hurt somebody's feelings and we can't do that and if it's hard to talk about we don't want to talk about it and so that's a real thing so the holocaust wasn't really that long ago no it was modern day yes and now it's almost like 
we're having to deal with it again across the world. Here in America, we're also dealing with it in Germany. Mm-hmm. Our kids are having to, to watch people march up and down big city streets saying, you know, pro-Palestinians. And if you're doing that now, I understand your pride of where you're from, but did you not remember babies' heads were cut off? Mm-hmm. Did, did you not remember that a grandpa had to watch his wife and his in-laws and, and, and everybody be killed and a grandma being beheaded on her own social media? I mean, how, how soon do we forget all of that? Mm-hmm. And this goes all the way back, and Joe, cue up the Soros video, and go ahead and tell us a little bit about why you think we need to see that. Well, movement. again... You- Going back to George Soros, born a Jew, and his disconnect for people and for accountability is so clear in this clip. It just it it's unbelievable to me. But it also explains a lot about who he is as a person mm-hmm. and how he thinks. And again, just the disconnect for for humanity. Is that you went out with this protector of yours, who? swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. Yes. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child, you don't you don't see the connection, uh, but it was it created no no problem at all. No feeling of guilt. No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go. I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets, that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would would, would, would be taking it away anyhow. In other words, the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. That's a good job. So, yeah. so if I don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Anyway. Well, yeah. In, in, in the thing, too, about this whole video is that he was 14, mm-hmm. okay? He, he wasn't a five-year-old getting drug around. He Correct. was 14, and the fact that he says that he absolutely has no remorse for going around to these Jewish families and taking everything that they owned, because mm-hmm. he was running around with the Nazis, he was uh, pretending to be a Christian boy. But, but if he didn't do it, somebody else exactly. was going to do it, so it might as well be him. So And he was only a spectator, so there's no connection for him. And it just goes right, right back into mm-hmm. how easy... And this is a Jewish man. How easy it yes. is for anti-Semitism to just be raging right now. It's never stopped. And that's Correct. the problem. It's, it's been around forever. And, um, you know, it took someone like Adolf Hitler in 33 when he came into power to make it just blow up. And yes, and that's interesting with him being Jewish. And that's the thing that I hope that Jewish people are waking up. 
because a lot of Jewish people have voted democratically. And now they're seeing this all blow up in their face. And this has been orchestrated for so long. And Soros has been behind so many of those things. And, you know, you go over into a, a Jewish community, say here in St. Louis, you go over into Creve Core, and there is an area like that a lot of places across the United States where a lot of Jewish people lived. And when you drove through, there was Black Lives Matter signs on half the houses. And then there was Ukraine flags on half the houses. And then some of them went on to heave, even not put up signs for their own foundation mm -hmm. of Israel. Mm -hmm. Now, now those signs are coming down. Mm -hmm. You know, those Black Lives Matter signs are coming down. Not quick enough. But you're right. They're still there. Mm -hmm. They're still there in those communities. In Jewish communities, they're there. And I want to walk up to a Jewish family and just shake them and go, do you not understand what Black Lives Matters is and where the money comes mm -hmm. from? And and the pro-Palestinian is part of the Black Lives Matters money? And they don't they don't seem to understand it. Well, uh, maybe now they're starting to realize so. that it's it's not as uh, cut and dry as they try to make it look like Correct. and seem like. And yes. I'm hoping that people are really looking into exactly who they think this Democratic Party is. Yes, I and I'm all for social justice. That's what I do. I, I live Correct. my life based around human rights and social justice, and I am all for. Mm -hmm. All of these things, but it's when you start bringing in hate, and, it, and it's hate that has lipstick on it. Correct, it's, correct. It's, it's not hate that just comes out. It's it's hate, and again, that goes back to Satan. He's the master of disguise. Yes. And that's what happens, and that's why people start believing all of these, you know, crazy things that are, yes. you know, and and the, the, people, the, the people on the right, the Republicans, those for the most part, are the people that are doing the work. They're not mm -hmm. talking about it. They're not sitting at home on their keyboards. Yes. They are the ones that are actually going out and putting time and money into the inner city communities where Black Lives Matters apparently was, you know, going to be putting all their money. They weren't mm -hmm. putting the money there. And it was other people that were showing up and putting their time and volunteering and making these communities better and not just virtue sig signaling and talking about it. Yes. And Megan, you're right. Social justice is a good thing. But because it's been used in such a bad context and used so much by progressive liberals, that it's almost a bad name. And, and I'm for social justice, too. I, I am um, for being fair and having multiracial things. Some things you guys probably don't even know. My master's degree is in multicultural education. and But that was for me to understand the other cultures. And now I'm almost ashamed of that degree because that is kind of ugly at this point because mm -hmm. if you talk about things that are multicultural it's like okay then you're anti-american and you're this and you're that i did that because i knew i wanted children of a different race i ran a child care center and it was in white usa st charles county and i knew things were going to change and it did by the time i sold my preschool we were known as the school that was a christian school that you could be a person of every race and come there and you were treated no different mm -hmm. but that's the key 
no different. I didn't look at the little black children as the victims. I didn't look at the white kids as the oppressors. I didn't look at the Asian kids like they were smarter than, say, the Middle Eastern child. They're all treated like God's children and the same. That was my goal of getting that degree. But they've distorted multiculturalism and social justice. So now it's almost a really ugly thing. Mm -hmm. It's it's really ugly. And that's yeah. a shame because I do believe that everybody should have the same rights. But but gosh darn it, don't take the rights away from white people in your name of color. Mm -hmm. It goes it goes both ways and it's gone the the pendulum swung so far that now white kids are the oppressors and the bad people. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that and I'm speaking to the choir because people on the chat line and people that will listen to this later, they don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. But we're but our children are getting inundated with those sorts of things. Vic and I talked about it yesterday. If you're a white athlete, particularly in basketball, football, or track, you are not treated the same as a black child, particularly by a black coach. And people be like, I can't believe you said that. I had several people say that to me yesterday. I can't believe you said that. It's like you're picking on black people. I said, I pick on anyone who tries to not be fair. And that's what's going on. It's mm -hmm. the truth. And if you look at it and you have a child athlete, you know it's true. You know it's true. Well, absolutely. Well, and, and knowing people in like the the local football community, there are several people who have the same views that are multicultured. Yes. So yes. they they all agree, and they're not all white people. I I would agree with that too, because I think the average black athlete and the average black coach doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. But the ones that believe that often, just like a Democrat, get in power to get their agenda across, and they're not fair. They're yeah. not fair. Yet they talk about equity and inclusion. Well, all of the people that are talking about DEI and equity, inclusion, and racism are usually the ones that are stoking the the, Correct. Ra the racist mm -hmm. or racism fire. Yes. It's always those people. Mm -hmm. It's always the people that are looking for well, I don't know if it's if it's attention or an excuse to to act and behave in whatever yes. way they want to, mm -hmm. but it is those people. I don't wake up every day and think about what color skin people are. I I I look at their character and how they're Absolutely. behaving. And but I also don't have a problem if if someone is misbehaving and they are black or brown. I don't care what color are you are, purple. You're. I'm going to have a conversation about it. Correct. And I'm not going to feel bad about it because I'm not. It's not about the color for me. And I think that yes. that's where people are starting to cower so much these days. Mm -hmm. Is that? And like you said on on this chat line and all of the listeners probably feel the same way but i think it's important too to let people know that it's okay to have conversations and you do need people. to have conversations Absolutely. i was only once in 26 years of owning my preschool accused of being in a racist mm -hmm. and it was a good looking grandfather came in and he said i need to talk to you and he wasn't really me being accused of being racist what it was one of my teachers he said he walked into the room and he said a teacher was having a kind of a stern discussion with five-year-olds about throwing toys at people or whatever and he said and two of the kids that were being talked to sternly were black i said okay let's go back there and talk and when i walked back in there there was four kids two were white two were black and the grandpa goes oh my gosh i'm so sorry mm -hmm. i said because we don't see color here it wouldn't have made any difference if four of the kids were black or four of the kids were white. At that point in time, our preschool was a 50-50 mix. Mm -hmm. And I told that to the grandpa, and I said, it's because we do treat them fair. 
your grandson wasn't even in wasn't even in this little discussion. Mm-hmm. He was over there behaving. And that was a really great discussion. And he called me back later and he said, you know what, thank you. Because sometimes white people go, oh yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. We were kind of being mean to the black kids. He goes, you came right at me. And I realized right then you weren't racist. They were all throwing blocks. Mm-hmm. So they were all going to be talked to and hit a little girl in the head. And that's the discussions that people of every color need to be having is if the mean little kid in, is, is being talked to and they're purple, talk to Barney then. You know, right. whoever it is needs to be talked to. And you know what? I think most people are like that. Mm-hmm. I do. I think most people are fair and most people just want to get along. And we see it more because we're enmeshed and, and talking about all of this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, but because I, I think the average Joes that don't pay much about politics or the news, mm-hmm. they're not racist. They, they have friends of every color, and it's just not a big issue. It's our media that's making this mm-hmm. such a big issue, and that's really sad. Well, and I think that racism is still an underlying factor in Germany, which is yes. where the Anne Frank, the school, is going to be renamed. And they tried to say recently that it's because of the October 7th that mm-hmm. it is just really it's kind of just an uncomfortable name for a school with all of the anti-semitism yes. going on but they've been talking about taking her name off of this school for quite some time correct and they have a lot of Muslim community mm-hmm. in this area and they feel that it's very hard to explain someone that is unknown because you know, she is unknown to Muslims. Isn't it very hard to explain? So to me, it just makes more sense to explain. I mean, put a plaque up, tell the story. It is such a huge part of history that, you know, that this little girl, you know, was in hiding for 761 days. Yes. This girl hid from from people that hated Jews. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's her and her family were hiding. And so... For them to want to take the name away because kids don't understand it or because Muslims don't know who she who she was, I think that that is even more reason to keep the name, to talk yes. about her, and to and to talk about so many more stories that are that are just like hers. Correct, correct. I I agree with that, and it's, it's like right now everything is spinning out of control with talking about Anne Frank and then that whole issue then even goes over to our own country. You know, they're attacking Jewish people in Germany, Jewish people here in America, and they're still attacking us as Americans. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to attack, and what I'm saying, you or they is the uniparty and and the left and any of the right that go along with it. Now, are we going to be able to pick our president? I mean, are we? Because, the, you know, the Colorado Supreme Court came out yesterday and says they're banning our presidential choice from being on the ballot. Now, it shouldn't surprise us. It's Colorado, once a great state, now is is becoming a, a liberal area with so many homeless people mm-hmm. and, and shooting up drugs on the street. So that shouldn't surprise us. And I think in the long run, it's going to be a, no big deal again, because I think it'll be tossed out once it's come to the U.S. Supreme Court. But I mean, it's like, just when I think they can't do any more, they can't be mean to Jewish people, and then they're mean to Jewish people, and now they want to take our vote away. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I, I watched over and over and over his speech 
the speeches leading up to January mm-hmm. 6th mm-hmm. and the speeches on the day of January 6th. And they they had to say, the Colorado the Supreme Court had to say what was the insightful behavior? What was it that provoked all of these people to have the worst terrorist attack on our soil since 9-11? Mm-hmm. What exactly was it? And Joe, if you have those pictures, I have the, uh, you'll see the two phrases that he said that was inciting this Yes, and they're, I think you have them in, they're in red. Yeah. They're in red, mm-hmm. yes. And that was, that's what's so interesting about that. Here's one if you want to read it, Megan. Mm-hmm. So we won this election and we won it by a landslide, Okay. And then there's one other. Oh, and those, those. Well, right you there. put that yeah. back up, Joe. Go ahead and put mm-hmm. that one back up. Here are the four. Okay, four. We have a picture up right now, and what the picture of is has a circle around the faces that are the four Colorado Supreme Court justices who just voted to remove Donald Trump from the 2024 ballot. And I'm I'm going to read their names: mm-hmm. Richard Gabriel, Melissa Hart, Monica. I think it's Mar- Marquez, and William Hood the third. So. Anybody that, if you're watching the show, feel free to research them and see that they truly had Trump derangement syndrome. They they, they absolutely really, did. They really really did and it, do. It, and they were they they were appointed by all all of them by Democrats. Correct. So they weren't elected. They were all appointed. Mm-hmm. And the the reason behind the insurrection is at, it's it's insane. It makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. There's not one thing that I can that I can think of that would make them think that this was an act of, of incitement. Correct. And, but they did say, um, as far as the 14th amendment as for the, um, insurgency, it was not his first amendment rights were not protected. Mm-hmm. There are so many gray lines in this that it, it just can't happen. There's right. no way right. that the Supreme court is going to, let right. this continue. No, they're going to throw it out is, is my prediction. But they are, that just shows you what's going to continue to happen and has been happening. And this isn't, oh my gosh, as I've said so many times, America is in love with a particular human being. They're in love with the only person that will save their country from the hellhole it's becoming under Obama and Biden, mm-hmm. and, and they love their country. And so that's what this is about. And we'll be talking more about that, you know, in No to Come. And that's pretty much all that everybody knows about it right now is this is what's happening. They're probably going to do it again, but it's going to be thrown out. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, you know, it, it's just it's just sad. And, you know, now we're going to talk about something different. Many of you that are on the chat line, regardless of what you feel about any of this that we talked about today, probably when you get done, if you're somebody like soda, you might go drink soda. If somebody wants a big juicy hamburger, you might do that. If somebody wants to take a gummy, you might do that. Because after the heavy stuff we talked about, people that do gummies might mm-hmm. want to have one. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to right now, Ham from Route 66. Hey, Root, I almost I called you. <laughs> Root, because that was written. Pam from Route 66. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm uh, I'm on the struggle bus a little bit. Oh, no. oh, you are? How come? Well, I think I 
caught something while I was traveling, so I didn't want to come in the studio and get you guys sick. So, Makes sense. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, if I I'm, do too. If I'm stuffy or uh, use my uh, Kleenex here, I apologize. That's going around for sure. I know last week and the week before, Vic was like that every day in the studio, and I was really proud of him because he could do the whole show, and you know, it was like he needed to blow his nose the whole time. I'm surprised I didn't get it. But well, we're glad that you're on. And Ham, today we were talking about some heavy stuff, like spiritual battles and warfare and sex trafficking and Pizzagate and the Epstein list that came out and the Colorado Supreme Court taking voters, you know, rights away and all of that. And then as I'm driving in here, I was hearing, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is good or if this is bad, but I heard on a news station that there is a group of people that work for a cannabis company or companies and they want to unionize now. Are you hearing anything about that? Yeah, I'm hearing that. Uh, you know, we've we've seen that around. I I don't really have an opinion one way or another because, you know, unfortunately, the cannabis industry is still very new, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know, the taxes are extremely high. So we don't get a deduction on our taxes, um, which is a two eighty e. And so I think where a lot of uh, people just mistaken is they think that. Um, you know, we make all this money and we make all this deduction and cannabis companies, and I'm only going to speak of Missouri because that's the only experience I have. Uh, cannabis companies in Missouri just started making money uh, this past year, right? In February is when they started making money. Mm -hmm. um, before that, when it was medical, people were not making money. They can say they were making money. They were not making money. Most were losing money. Um, we were uh, putting in our own capital to keep it alive. And that's the biggest misconception. They think you have all this money right out of the gate. And so they want all these extra benefits and there's nothing to give out. Like we were lucky to survive. And I'm being very honest with you. The mm -hmm. first three years was extremely difficult. I knew this was going to be a long battle. And we've talked about this on the show before when COVID happened, um, excuse me, <laughs> when COVID happened, uh, you know, we, we got delayed by a year to go wreck, you know, to put it on the ballot. So that just costs so much money and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month that you know we were paying out and uh, so i don't have an opinion i'm not here to i don't, don't want to you know speak for one side or another mm -hmm. but it's there's not enough there's not enough education on it for people to understand what goes in and I, what i'm saying that is is it's unfortunate for the employees because they think you know the union is going to come in and give them all these great benefits but it actually can crush the industry in general yeah. That's what so. I was worried about, too, when I heard that. That sounds great in theory to work, you know, with a union, but what it sometimes does to the business owner who's already not making the money that other people think they do as, as a former business owner and watching this, you know, conglomerate come up, you know, with podcasting, owning a business is rough. And it doesn't mean that you don't love your employees. Yeah. Everything is about your employees, but sometimes the employees don't understand what an owner is going through. And as soon as I heard that, I thought, I can't wait to talk to him about that. And they, they don't. It's unfortunate. They just assume you have all this money. And, you know, I, uh, I have to remind people, even when I was in my old industry, um, everything I've built is from other investments, right? Um, to this day, I haven't collected a penny from what I do, right? And I, and I intentionally don't collect because I try to keep it in the business to save jobs and to be able to keep the growth of the business and to be debt-free. And a lot of people don't know that. They see my life and they see my lifestyle and they just assume like, you know, I've made millions and millions of dollars from selling 
cannabis. And that's not true at all, right? We just started making money, like I said, uh, this past year. And I've put it all back into the business to keep the business going and to be able to like do other things for our employees. And we have amazing managers and amazing butt tenders. And I'm so proud of all of them. And I appreciate their patience. But everything I have is not from cannabis, right? This is this is what I've put into it. And it's kind of like uh, the best analogy I can give you is when someone buys a sports team. They think these sports owners, uh, you know, a billionaire goes in and buys a sports team and they're making millions and millions of dollars owning a, a football team. And they actually don't, right? It's almost like a, it's like a toy for them. Unless like you've bought in like Jerry Jones back in the day, you know, or, or like Mark Cuban, and the valuation has gone up in the beginning, you don't make any money. I mean, think about these contracts they're paying these players, right? It's mm -hmm. it's not what people yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, with, with that said, doesn't mean I'm not going to make money. It doesn't mean I don't have valuation. I'm not, you know, the company has no value. But when you're a business owner, you you get paid last. That that money comes last. True. And that's, that's, that's the risk of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, it is. Yes, you, you pay yourself last. And yes, mm -hmm. You get rewarded the most, but you also have the longest patience and risk, right? Yes, yes. I, and that is 100% true. That in the end, the owner should be the one to make the most money because they've made the risk. But so often at the early stages, the owner takes nothing personal out of the business at all. And the first thing that you should pay is your employees. And then you got to keep your lights on and the mortgage or the rent or, or whatever that. It's, it's a rough thing to do. You're, you're spot on, Ham. Now, with when 280E passes, and we think the Biden administration is going to pass it, uh, they are pro-cannabis, so that is the, probably the only one good thing that's coming from the administration. Um, hopefully, he won't fall asleep at the wheel and forget right. to you know, push this through. But that will change things, and we will be able to do a lot more for our employees. And I think a lot of people in the cannabis industry in Missouri, and again, I can only speak in Missouri, will do more and, and, and do other benefits and give back You know where – the employees are rewarded, but our employees are not making minimum wage. And I want to make that very clear. They, they make very good wages, and so do the managers. With that said, that doesn't mean that I don't want to pay them more and let them prosper and grow. I want that to happen. Mm -hmm. But you still have to run a business. And if you do it for everyone right now, you will go out of business. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the scary thing. It just is. It's a very tough balance. Yes, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. Well, and to be a good business owner, you do have to keep reinvesting your money and take care of the people that are working for you. And I think that it sounds like you're doing that. And like you said, time, you know, it will, will bring you good things. Return on investment, right? For sure. Everything I've ever done in my career, uh, it's been all about patience. And yes, I've made a lot of money, mm -hmm. but it's come with a lot of time, right? Yes. So when when people look at my lifestyle and like, oh, look at where you live or look how you travel, that's because those are things that I invested in five, six, seven, ten years ago that mm -hmm. has just paid off, right? It's not because I opened up a dispensary and I'm just like piling in cash and taking it home. And that's that's the misconception, right? It just is. Yeah. Yes, it's so true. And in any good business, often the one that's the most successful is like the old fable, the tortoise and the hare. Mm -hmm. It's the one that keeps plodding along and doesn't quit and plodding and plodding. And the one that kind of, you, you've seen nightclubs or different places that just burst out on the seam and there's this huge thing all at once and then they spent all their money and it's gone. Mm -hmm. So you have to have patience, persistence, and keep plodding along like the hare and the tortoise and the hare. I've I've seen it with a lot of businesses. Uh, you know, do you guys remember the Fidelis Group? Yes, uh, that, I certainly yeah. do. 
I mean, there's a prime example. They had a great business model. They just got greedy, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And instead of keeping the money in the business, they went because it's what I call new money, right? Mm -hmm. They had never made money. Suddenly, you know, they make millions and millions of dollars a month and they go build a $40 million house and they're buying exotic cars and exotic everything, right? But yes. what they forgot to do was keep the money in the business and make sure it was a sustainable business. Right. And um, and that's, that's where they messed up. And there's other businesses that have, they do their business, the same business model that have come out and they do very well, but they take care of their employees first and they're smarter business people. And that's, um, that's probably the biggest, um, I would say, uh, misconception. It's just people just assume all of that stuff. And it's hard because if you're not ready to be an entrepreneur and the money comes in, it's almost like it's in a bank account in the stairs that you and you're like, Oh my God, I'm rich. Mm -hmm. Do we have do we have money in our business accounts that's got a lot of zeros behind it? Yes. But I have to remind myself, we have taxes, we have insurance. I mean, can I don't even want to tell you what cannabis insurance costs for five stores and a grow and a manufacturing. Yeah. But uh, it's mind blowing, right? It's mm -hmm. in the hundreds of thousands of dollars just to insure the business. Yes. Right. So yes. while your account looks like you have so much money, you have to remember to pay all these other things that are coming due. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that and at the beginning, if you're not good with money, I know I opened up my first business in 1993. And if I hadn't had a good friend that was a good accountant, I would have been closed. And I owned it for nearly 30 years. But he would say, you have to pay this food a tax, and you have to pay this unemployment tax, and you have to pay workman's comp. And he would come in and show me the lines and how important it is. And I remember one day taking it and kind of pushing it off my desk, and I said, I'll get to it later. He said, if you don't get to it now, you won't get to it later. And what will happen is the IRS is going to come knocking on your door, or the light company is going to come. So you have to be diligent and do those things or you could be become a fidelis that does buy this exotic cars and big mansions that never got completed and you didn't pay your taxes and they're going to come knocking at your door oh absolutely and i think the other scary thing is uh you have to remind yourself as a business owner you have to have reserves for a yes what i would call a, a you know an oh shit moment right yes and there's like always just, an oh just, shit moment it's it's gonna happen. I mean, uh, a generator blows out. Uh, you, we've had uh, last year. We had really bad storms, and we had some hail damage that poked some holes into the roof of uh, one of our canopies. Well, guess what? That's not insured. Oh wow! <laughs> we have insurance, yeah. but it's not insured. So who's gonna pay for that roof? Where's where's that money come from? Right. Yeah. So you have you have to have the reserves. Uh, it only takes one bad harvest right? Mm -hmm. It only takes one bad harvest for any cannabis company and you don't, and you're not making any money for at least a quarter. And that's probably the, that's probably the, out of all the things that scare me every night, it's please no mold, no bugs. Yes. Keep the yes. harvest going. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, and, and, and anyone that's like listening, that's, you know, in the agricultural side of the world, whether it's farming, you know, they're doing, you know, beans or corn or any other plants or even like, flowers that they sell to like Home Depot or other nurseries, that's, that's their, that's when they hold their breath. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. That just happened to a local grower too. Uh, I think recently, like 30% of their crop had mold or something like that and they had to destroy it. That's all. Yeah. You don't have a choice. You can't, you can't sell it to the consumer. Right. I mean, I know I've heard, I've heard people in the industry, not in Missouri, but just in general have tried to push that stuff through. But I mean, my God, you're going to get people sick. 
if, if you get caught with it, it shuts your business down. So, I mean, there's just so much risk. It is. And I know mold is the key word. I know I went to a restaurant sometime this fall and they served me actually a moldy salad. Mm. And I just sent it back and asked them to give it to me. And I never send things back, but you can't eat mold. And I'll be doggone if a, like a month later they were closed. I don't know if the health department shut them down or they were just getting rid of all of what was their mm-hmm. inventory in the refrigerator. Oh, so, so yeah, you don't want to serve anything with mold. No. No, Nothing. no, you you can't. No. <laughs> People do. We we just don't, right? Yeah. I have to be able to sleep at night, and I always joke with my friends. I, uh, I'm not built to go to prison, right? I, I'm just too pretty <laughs> yeah. for it, right? You are too uh, pretty I like for my, it, I am. I uh, and I and I hate to say it, but I am too pretty for it. I like my uh, I like my shampoos. I like my conditioners. I like my uh, face creams. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound pretentious. I'm just saying, like, I like my soft skin. Uh-huh. So uh, that so I'm not doing it right. Like I'm like, there's no way that that scares me the most. I'm like, I'd rather lose the money yes, and start yes. all over than to be embarrassed and you know be sold up with somebody that's uh, not nice to me. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. They might have a soap on a rope, and that could be awful. That's right. You don't want that. Oh my gosh, that yeah. is such that's a good right. point. That does keep a bit uh, or should keep a business owner up at night. I don't want to go to prison with Bubba in my same cell, hey, and I don't right. have my shampoo. But but people don't stay yeah, humble but and stay that. stay soft. <laughs> keep your skin soft and stay stay humble. Right? Yeah, you gotta. It's you know, humility is like one of the greatest things that you could ever uh, acquire. And I remind myself every day, it's going to be okay. Just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the people that work for us, um, some of them I'm a little closer to just because we have more interaction throughout the day. And they've seen me stress over the last three years. I mean, it was sure. tough. The first three years in the industry, especially the first year and a half where yeah. all you're doing is spending and there's no revenue because mm-hmm. it wasn't even, you weren't even open yet. Yes. You're building out facilities. I mean, who's paying for all this stuff? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. I was told when I went into business that you will see no money for yourself for a minimum of three years. And if you take it and you can get money in the first three years, you do need to stockpile it because a rainy day will come and you know a business is going to make it if it's been there in between three and five years. But you can't even be secure in the first three years if you don't have reserve money. So that that's all about that is- the reserve money. And it's very true. I've given myself a five-year window mm-hmm. where I say, okay, if, if, if I've hit the level where I think I can hit in five years, then everyone's going to prosper. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a very fine line. And, and let me explain. So if you work for me, right, and you're, uh, let's just say you're making 50, 60, 70, 80, $100,000 a year. It doesn't matter what the number is, but just pick a number. Um, and you're hearing me tell you this. At the end of the day, it's not it's not your problem. That's that's how they look at you as the owner. They're like, I, mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, I need higher wages. I have a family to feed, and I feel for them, and I hear them loud and clear, right? Mm-hmm. But if I don't have it to give, I don't have it to give, and that's why people go to other companies or change industries. And someone else will say, I'll take that job all day long because I don't have a job. Correct. Right. Correct. And I need that job, and I'll take sixty thousand dollars over not having a job, right? right. And that's where, that's where the cycle of life and, and the workforce comes in. So when someone comes and says, I want to make more money, it's not like I'm the Grinch and I don't want to pay them more. I, I just when you have 140 employees, you just can't do it for everyone, right? right? And yes, right. you have key employees that have different jobs and different roles, just like every company. And, mm-hmm. and you know you have to think about how you want to save them or encourage them or promote them. 
but no business can do it for everyone. And that that's just real facts. It doesn't matter what industry you work in. Take Amazon, for example. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. As much money as they make, if they gave some massive increase, they can't do it. And like, look at, like, for example, after what happened with COVID, have you noticed the price of fast food? Yes, it's gone up exponentially mm-hmm. for sure. It doesn't even make sense. I was in Vegas a month ago, and so I'll give you my guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure in Vegas is when I leave Vegas, anytime I go, and I usually go two, three times a year, I love Popeye's chicken. I, I, I just do, okay? And I don't eat it all the time, but when I'm in Vegas and I'm on my way out, it's just I want that Popeye's chicken. It's just your chicken. thing. Yeah, it's your thing. It's my thing. A Diet Coke, Popeye's chicken, the biscuit, and yes, it's so bad for you, but it's like two, three times a year. That's the mm-hmm. only time I eat fast food. And it used to be like a number three, you know, you get four strips, the biscuit and a drink at an airport. It used to be like $9, which is mm-hmm. kind of high still. This is pre-COVID. Do you know what that is now? 20 no bucks, clue. 20 bucks. It's, it's like 1850. Wow. Yeah. That is what? That is just nuts. Yeah, that is. is nuts. So, yeah, it's so like 18 what? bucks for 10 wings nowadays. Yeah. yeah. I'm a so Chick-fil-A my guilty girl. pleasure now is I don't do it because yeah. I can't justify it and I can afford it. I just feel like why? Mm-hmm. Because we we not to get into the politics of it, but we printed all this money. Mm-hmm. We have crazy mm-hmm. inflation. So we pay these higher wages. Well, how is Popeye's going to survive if suddenly they went from paying $9 an hour to $17 an hour. Correct, correct. Raising the minimum wage for a small business isn't a plus. I mean, I mean it isn't. You, you Like you said, if And that's got, okay if, if the employee's making more money. I mean, I applaud yes, them. Yes, But guess what? The consumer has to pay more. Yes. And if they don't, and if they're like me and they're like, I'm not paying 18, 19 bucks, then what happens to the business? They're going to have to either reduce staff, lay off, reduce hours. So there is a domino effect that comes back at it. Yeah, I've been saying this for years. Every time there is a minimum wage increase, it always causes inflation. And we end up paying double what we were paying before. So every time they raise the minimum wage and give a little back to the working class, it all comes back because the corporations have to raise their prices on everything just to make up for it. So it all comes back on us anyway. So our, our actual quality of living doesn't change. It's just the numbers change. That's it. That's exactly right. The numbers change or they eliminate your job altogether. And when you go to Walmart, you feel like you're part owner because nobody's helping you and you're checking yourself out. And everybody's so checking themselves out. They are everywhere <laughs> they go. Crazy. Yes. And I'm not totally offended by that because I don't mind doing it. But it's there's some people that really get upset by that. They're like, I am buying these products and I want a cashier. Mm-hmm. I want one. Yeah. I get that. Especially like if you're a pregnant well, woman they or have, something. They have more checkout lanes than there's cashiers. And I won't name grocery stores, but I go to the grocery store. I, I enjoy going to the grocery store. I do too. And I'll go, I'll go and there'll be like on a Sunday, like seven o'clock, there's two cashiers. There's 10 lanes, but there's only two cashiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's like 12 checkout things on your own. Well, I, I don't mind a checkout. Like if I'm just buying like a few items and I don't want to wait in line, that's a fantastic idea. But yes. if I'm shopping for the week, I mean, that's a lot of stuff to yeah, like scan. Mm-hmm. And, and the little area where you're putting your food in, there's only so many bags. And yeah. then you're like, oh, yeah. what do I do now? Right. Yeah. Like I'm out of space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good well, point. Well, I think too, with like we were talking about COVID. So 
there was a time when the government was paying everyone to stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was right after that time yeah. that we people, there was nobody that wanted to work. I mean, no one. Restaurants, fast food, forget about it. And so what they had to do was they had to pay their staff so much more. They raised their wages just in order to, to keep the doors open yeah. for, you know, for people to get food. So then, it, you know, as it it's always all goes, it's a circle and we end up paying more for everything. And then at the grocery store, same thing. Let me, let me tell you something crazy. I, I travel a lot and I, I love the service industry. I grew up as a bus boy. You know, I started, you, you've heard my story. I washed dishes, became a bus boy, a waiter, a bartender. So I, uh, I have a huge heart for people in the service industry, but I'm also a realist. I was at the airport and uh, you know, those little, little convenient areas where you just grab a bottle of water, some gum and you, and you check out yourself, right? There's like little kiosks. Mm -hmm. It asks for a tip now. I know. Who am I I tipping? Who am I tipping? You're kidding. I I grabbed the water. I grabbed the gum. There's a person that just makes sure just in case, uh, you 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 just don't know how to use a computer, or you don't know how to hit pay credit card or debit. They can, they're just standing there. Oh my god! It's like tipping your cashier at Walmart. Unbelievable. Yes, and it says it says ten, fifteen, or twenty percent. Twenty percent to get a bottle of water for what did you do? Like I go to the restaurant, it's twenty to twenty five percent for good service. What am I giving you twenty percent? I got the water myself. What am I giving you 20% for? It, it's crazy. I mean, it, they Isn't ask it? for a tip everywhere well, you and, go now. Prior to COVID, this was my understanding. If you were sitting down and a waiter or a waitress came up, if a server came up with a menu and brought you your food, mm-hmm. you were to tip them and tip them well. Sure. But if you had to go up to the counter and order it yourself and then bring it back yourself, there was no tip. But now everybody Everywhere. thinks they get a tip. So here's the yeah. thing. It, it, it's literally major corporations raising everything. So we get the stimulus checks. We get, you know, everything during COVID. They get the, the minimum wage increase, all that. Then we get inflation on top of that, which I forgot my point. Hold on a second. That's all right. But yeah, well, it like we were saying, it's just a big bowl of, uh, yeah, of just... It, it's well, crazy. what it's what it's it, it guilts you, but if you really think about it, at the end of the day, with how prices of groceries and everything has gone up, it's actually hurting. It's hurting everyday folks. It is right? hurting everyday right. folks. Right. So, so my point so, yeah, of that right, was you're, you're tipping, but then you're hurting everybody else. Right. So my point of that was that we're being forced to like take care of each other with all this tip stuff. Like they're they're really pushing this, so the cost really doesn't you know hit the the corporations. They're trying to get us to like take care of each other instead of them paying us more money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have a lot of people in our chat line are saying that make sure when you tip, you tip in cash mm-hmm. because if you you can use your card or whatever, but sometimes those servers aren't even getting it anyway. Well, and they get I, I probably Ta- I'm I'm really kind of they know, have to they pay taxes on it. They do. And right. the IRS does not like that, but Tip your service providers with cash because they do get then they, they keep yeah, on it. They keep always. you know, yes. yeah. Always tip them in mm-hmm. cash, and then it's up to them whether they report that or not. And if they do, they do, and they don't. But that's not on you, right? Exactly. And they they deserve it. They deserve to to get that. Extra Ladies, I went I I went recently to uh, a place where like they it's like an adjustment, like uh like chiropractor, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I didn't know that doctors also require tips. What? I didn't know it's, they did. Shh, like what? That's so very unprofessional. Like, That's like, it, 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 let it, me get this straight. Mm-mm. You work on my back, <laughs> then you ask for a tip. No, I, I don't understand. If, like, if a healthcare provider, no, it's, it's in the system. It, it says oh, that you know how they flip the screen. Yes. They flip the screen, then then they make eye contact. So I'm like, you went to med school. You have a price of what the adjustment is. What am I tipping you for? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't, I don't. Oh like that's gosh. the whole service. I don't that's agree the whole with service. that at all. I really don't. <laughs> so what, I think what's any- next? You're gonna tip your dentist and you're gonna tip the exactly. surgeon? I'm so confused. No. Well, it's- and Ham is right. It's when they flip it around, mm-hmm. they make eye contact with you, and that's when they might have been rude to you. I'm not talking about the doctor, but even a server or somebody at the ice cream store, and they might have not paid any attention, but then they flip it around and they make eye contact, and they're like, oh, and then they start making all the small mm-hmm. talk, and then they don't give a frick. When you walk away, it's all about that tip, and I understand that they might have deserved but some but oh mm. stop it already with that no. stop it like i get it like when i go to the hair salon Absolutely. of course i'm gonna tip them that's how they make their money 100 percent. Right? yes and guess what they're providing a service yes right yes but if you're gonna pop my back i'm not mm-hmm. tipping you right i'm not tipping you right you went to med school like that's yeah. that's your tip yeah good yes, job you so went to med true. school Right. What? That I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think twice about that. Like I would look at that and be like, I think you gave me the wrong screen. Yeah. Something like I've never right. had that happen to me yet. Right. Like in that kind of a service yet. Yeah. In a healthcare so profession, like, no way. Like in our in, like in our industry, our butt tenders uh, get good tips, mm-hmm. but they're providing a service, right? They're walking you through. They're they're listening to. They're consulting, and so that's like a butt tender and a bartender. Yeah, you know, same bartenders thing. Same are thing. Bar- and and our clients are very generous, but they're providing a service. They walk you through it. They give you all these different things. They're spending time with you, right? And they didn't go to med school. But if you went to med school, I'm not tipping you. Right. Like, I'm just right. not doing it. Oh right. my gosh. And, and I don't need the 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 sh- the eye contact of shame either. <laughs> eye contact of shame. <laughs> I'm just not doing well, it. I love uh, but, that. But I will say this no, though: they, they I, like I, stare at you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very wrong. uncomfortable, and I think that there's a lot of places that we go that it it makes people uncomfortable. It's like you know they look at you, and then they've got their glass jar right there that says tips, and sometimes you're thinking. What in the heck? Like I, this does not deserve or require a tip, and it makes people super uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, even in you know a situation like you're saying, like when someone were to come in and you know you're given a great service and, and an added service, I think that that's that's okay. But there's sometimes when there people are doing absolutely nothing for you, and you're feeling like you should participate in that gratuity jar, and oh, it's, it's it's crazy. It is. Our world has gone correct. Nuts. So like when you go to a- so when you go to a restaurant and you have a really good waiter or waitress and they do a good job, we usually do what, 20, 25, 30%. Mm-hmm. But if I'm ordering from the restaurant and I'm hitting my little car number slot, you know, the, the yeah. parking spot, they're, they're, ask, they're asking you the, the little thing when they come out, it says 15, 20, 25%. Now let me get this straight. You bring my food out to me. You're not refilling my water. You're not asking how my food is. You're not picking up my plate. You're not cleaning the table. You're bringing it out. I will tip you because I think there is a service value there that you're bringing, bringing the food it to my to car. You. I'm not getting out of my car. I agree. But, and I'm not here to offend anyone, but I don't think you deserve 20%. Right. Vers- versus the person that's actually in the restaurant that's attending to you, having conversations, refilling your iced water, bringing you a, a cocktail, 
cleaning up after you. That's real work to me, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. To me, that's that's real work. Mm-hmm. And but I if, agree. What would you, you say? But if you're coming to my car, I'm going to tip you. Yeah, I just don't too. think you get. I don't think you get twenty percent. I think that's aggressive. Yeah, I think ten percent for something like that is good. Yeah, I do. Too. Yeah, I think I think I think that's fair because you know the kitchens. The kitchen is the one that packed it up, right? Yes. But the kitchen's not getting the tip. Mm-hmm. They're bringing it out to you. So I think 10% is a fair number, but 20%, I might as well go inside the restaurant and actually enjoy the experience then for the 20, 25%. Well, Dawn is saying on the chat line, and this makes a lot of sense. They had a new furnace installed yesterday and they didn't tip them because they were getting work and there was two workers, but she did buy them lunch. So, I mean, that's that's a good trade-off, too, mm-hmm. I think. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. And, and I'm like that, too. I am definitely a pro-tipper, but it has gone way... It's gotten out of control. Out of control. Everybody wants a tip yes. for everything. Well, you know Correct. what? I had, uh, I had two dishwashers installed in my kitchen last year, and these guys came, uh, like, mid-afternoon, and there was major complications with the way the cabinet was, and, man... What was supposed to be a one-hour job ended up being like a four-hour job. Mm. These guys are sweating. They're, they're, I mean, it, it was a lot of work. And they modified things. And then they didn't ask for any more money. You know, they were modified. Mm-hmm. So I gave them each a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. I gave them that's each a hundred dollars because mm-hmm. you know it's a, it's a lot of work, and I saw the value in it. Yes. But if it would have been an in-and-out job in thirty minutes. You know, they're, they're getting paid by the, by the appliance store. Yeah. But if you're going to spend an extra three hours here, so it's not like I'm cheap, but I have to, I have to justify the value of what I'm giving the tip to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's well a said. very good point. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, I think it's, you know, we're already at the end of the show. That just flew by. What yeah. a good conversation, Ham. When you come on, mm. you talk yeah. about your business. Before we clock out, though, tell us again why, you know, what the name of your business is and where your locations are. So the name of our dispensary is Route 66, and it's R-O-O-T-66. Uh, you can find us at Route66Cannabis.com. Uh, we have five locations. So our newest one is in De Pere, uh, which is uh, right off of uh, right on Manchester. And then we have an uh, I said I almost said office. We have a dispensary uh, in South Grand. We have another one in Dogtown, Maplewood area. We have one in uh, St. Peter's, and we have one in Winsville. And we also uh, sell to about 130 other dispensaries now. So, you know, our in-house product is the Ostara product and, um, and the Kubana product. And we're just very excited and blessed that people um, have responded, you know, with ver- very positive to, to not only support us, but support other dispensaries. Like I've always said on your show, I- I'm, I'm here for all dispensaries. I'm not just here for Ham's dispensaries, right? Um, it's a small community and we love supporting each other. And I think that's key. So if, if you don't make it to our dispensary and you go to another dispensary, we love for you to check out our products, but thank you for supporting other dispensaries too. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, and I hope you feel better and I appreciate you you. coming on video chat is just as easy to do too. So if that's what you want to do, that's great. And we know you didn't feel good, but boy, you sure brought it today. You are a very good business owner and we love hearing about how you love your business and how you treat your employees. That is just a beautiful thing. 
So, well, you make you make people want to support your business in particular. So, thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. Well, that's. I'll I'll be in next week. I won't. I didn't want to come in and just be spilling my germs all over your office or your. We appreciate that. Yeah, Yeah. we do appreciate that with Christmas coming up. So, I do appreciate that as well, too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Very good. Well, that is it today for cancel this show. Cancelthisshow.com. Thank you so much, Ham. And always, we cannot do the show without our wonderful pro Joe. And Megan, I love when you're here. It is such a good thing. We got into it today. We sure did. And thank you so much, all of the listeners. I know it was a heavy, heavy show with with some big stuff. But have a great day. And Vic will be back tomorrow. And have a wonderful, wonderful day in America and wherever you are. Bye, guys. Thank you so much.